This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back live on Grant and Danny here on 106.7 The Fan all over D.C. And now we're welcoming in our Richmond audience for the first time today. And what a treat for you guys, a future Hall of Famer is on the BetQL guest hotline with us. DeMarcus Ware, who had over 130 career sacks. I think most of them in Dallas against Washington, but there were some others in his career, including when he went to Denver and won a Super Bowl. And he is here courtesy of Bet Online. Check out Bet Online for the most diverse list of over 1,000 Super Bowl props, including how long the anthem's going to be, which song Rihanna plays first, commercial odds and broadcast odds as well, game and player stats, so much more. DeMarcus, you're on in D.C. Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Thanks for the time, man. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing great. It's a crazy day here in Texas, which you know it. it's freezing, and it's ice, and it is cold, man, so I'm ready for it to leave. DeMarcus, th- pass rushing, I feel like, has changed to some degree. I'd love your, your take on this as, a, as an elite guy coming off the edge. I feel like interior pressure is now more paramount than ever. Is that something you're seeing, and what do you make of it? Yeah, I'm actually seeing that a lot because uh, the interior pressure now is, I mean, you have to have that because the guys are getting up the ball so fast. It's not a lot of that five-step drop, play action. It's shotgun with three yards away. I'm going to take two steps and I'm going to throw it to the guy because the short plays now are almost like running plays. So the interior guys have to get that pressure so the guy can't step up or you see a lot more batted balls, which we all, we all see. Get your hands up. And those are almost like pass rush plays now. Every once in a while, you'll get those long, drawn-out play-action plays where you see the defensive end or outside linebacker get that sack, but that doesn't happen anymore. DeMarcus, you mentioned interior pass rush, and the game has changed in that regard, too. D-tackles are getting paid a lot more than they were even in the prime of your career, right? That interior pressure has almost become more significant to some teams than pressure from the edge, right? You're a guy who led the league multiple times in sacks at 15.5 and 19.5 and and 20 sack seasons, some huge numbers. Why do you feel like there seems to be more significance now on that interior pressure? I look at the Eagles, 70 sacks as a team, a combined 18 for their tackle inside in Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. Yeah, look at those big guys in the middle now. Those guys, not only are they rushing the passer, but they're stopping the run, too. So it's a double-edged sword. You usually don't get an interior pass rusher that can't stop the run. No. An interior guy, if he can stop the run and rush the passer at the same time, he's actually better than an outside linebacker or defensive end because he has to take the run of the center, the guard, Sometimes a tackle coming down on him. So he's a lot more important because he is the anchor of the defense. 
And when you get a guy like a Fletcher Cox that's balling out or um, a Chris Jones that's balling out, those guys are really important because you can build around them. And that's what you look for, a guy that you can build around in the interior. DeMarcus Ware, nine Pro Bowls, four All-Pros, a Super Bowl champion with us here on Grant and Danny. Patrick Mahomes is so slippery. He's hard to get to the ground. If you were rushing the QB in this Super Bowl against him, what changes when you've got a guy who is so hard to finish against? I would tell the interior guys to push the pocket and keep him in the pocket because if you know, you know, he take a three-step drop, he has to plant on that right foot. A five-step drop, he has to plant on that right foot. But when he plants and he don't have a, a little space to now step up and somebody's in his face, guess what? Now I have to move, which I can't move that well. So you got to keep him in the pocket. It's almost like a phone booth so he can't make that phone call, which is that big play down the field. So I would tell those interior guys, make sure we, we keep him in the pocket and maybe get one. You don't need a five guy anymore. Usually you have to have a spy guy because he's running out of pocket. Now you actually can rush and get pressure on him. Demarcus, where with us here, courtesy of Bet Online. I know I sound like an old man here, uh, Demarcus. So bear with me for a second. But I feel like pass rushers have less moves now, especially guys on the on on the outside. It's, I feel like it's either bull rush, speed rush, and it just there are, there aren't the technicians uh, that I feel like were there maybe in your day. Is that something that you see as well, or am I crazy? A lot of the guys are a lot more, I, I would say, athletic. And so they're using their speed to power to hurry up and get there. They're, they're in a hurry-up mode. Back when I played, I can do a spin, and I might be able to spin again and then get to the quarterback. They don't have that now. I got to get up the field. I got to power. I got to get my hands up. I got to get off the ball. I got to dip and rip. I got to get to the quarterback. I got to spin and get there right now. I don't have a chance for a second move. So that's why you're seeing a lot of, the guys watering down their rush. You see them do different things, but now it's like, I have to get there now, and I have to be very effective. Demarcus Ware with us here on Grant and Danny. Even though he hasn't played since 2016, I believe sacked Jason Campbell three times this morning. Uh, who, are you, who are your favorite guys to watch now in the league in terms of pass rushers? I would say Fletcher Cox is one of them. He's a, a good guy, a guy that I know. You know, Vaughn Miller, that's my dude. Um, you know, Chris Jones, he, he's playing really well. I like Ford. I mean, guys that you look at sometimes and you're like, eh, they're not pass rushers. Like, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, he's another guy. Big dude, can stop the run. He's an animal. I see him every offseason helping him out doing a lot of things. But when you see him rush the passer, it's different. They can do it all. So those are a couple of guys that I, I mentor in offseason, but also able to see um, the effect on the field. Demarcus Ware, courtesy of Bet Online on Grant and Danny. You can check out Bet Online, the most diverse list of well over a thousand Super Bowl props, including length of the national anthem, first song Rihanna's going to play, commercial odds, broadcast odds, game and player stats, and much, much more. Demarcus, was the Super Bowl when you won your title a normal game after kickoff? Because leading up, everything is different. The halftime is obviously longer. There's more of everything. It seems like the breaks are longer for for TV consumption. Does it actually feel like a normal game when you're on the field? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I can say that it's not. Yeah, you, you know, you got the crowd. You know, you have your teammates there. Those things are normal. But the atmosphere, the the build-up to it, and then when you're out there playing the extra stuff that they do, it just 
it's almost like, you know, when you are on the sideline and you're getting ready for the game and you see all of a sudden, okay, it's time to play, you get that itch. And then there's another one after halftime because you, you hear all of the stuff at halftime. In that third and fourth quarter, you're thinking to yourself, either I can win this football game or this might be the last game, I always say, of my career because you don't know what's promised that next year. So it's hard. And it's a lot of emotions in that football game. Take yourself back to in his prime DeMarcus Ware, which is not that long ago, I might add. And you could drop <laughs> that guy on any defense in the NFL right now. Where would you want to play? Drop that guy on any defense. You know what? I'll be in the Super Bowl right now. I'll be in the Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs. Come room for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll be on the right side coming off the edge. I would be playing for the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Is, is it because you're probably playing with a lead and the other team's going to throw a lot? <laughs> you know it. Yeah. So I, I, I want to be <laughs> yeah. playing with the lead. Come on now. You gotta, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. If you ask me about winning situation, if I'm going to be up and now I get the rest of the pass like I did in Denver with uh, Peyton Manning, that's why a reason why I chose to go there, knowing that I'm, I'm going to the best. But also I can be – He's the sheriff on offense, and I'll be the deputy on defense, and we'll get the job done. So let's tap into your Kansas City Chiefs to Marcus Ware then. I asked you about trying to corral Patrick Mahomes. When you were in Dallas at one point in time, you had to deal with read option in 50 series, not only here in Washington in the division, but it's now all over the league. And I'm sure in Denver you saw it a ton with a bunch of teams. The Eagles love to operate. Sometimes out of the pistol, a lot of times out of the gun. But there's read option, right, where Hertz is going to keep the ball. He's accounting for you one-on-one on the edge. How are defensive ends playing that now compared to when that broke into the league as a concept? And what are you seeing in the evolution of defending some of those difficult looks? Because Jalen Hurts has made a killing this year doing it. Um, when I first came into the league, there was a guy named Michael B. Okay? And there was an RPO with Michael B. So... For me, I had to see Michael B because he was left-handed. So he was so used to playing that RPO to me. I had to, you know, have Brian Westbrook, right? just to name one of those guys. And either I picked Brian Westbrook or Michael B. I just told the guys, listen, here's what we're going to do. When, you, when they block down, I'm going straight to Michael Vick and I'm going to hit him every single time that you give the ball or not. Because <laughs> exactly. we don't need them running the play over and over again. They know he's going to get hit. Now, the inside linebacker, I need for you to scrape in the D-gap, and I need for you to take the running back every time. I can't. I am not capable of thinking about Brian Westbrook and Michael Vick at the same time. we got to make it easy on ourselves. That's what I would be telling the Kansas City Chiefs at this time. i got love- a hurt, Jalen Hurts, shoulder, right? So every single time you want to run that RPO, I want to make sure I have the quarterback and I want to make them pay. Thank you. And linebacker, a.k.a., I need for you to just cover that D-gap for me. We're going to make a five-yard tackle. We'll do it together. Like, it was a situation like that. We, we, and so we didn't have to worry about that. And we did the same thing in the Super Bowl, too, against Cam Newton. Why don't more teams defend that way? Like, why isn't that just the concept I never understand it, yeah. Because it's hard. Because the tackle is blocking down on uh, – the guarding tackle is blocking down on the tackle that – leaning that way because usually you got the running back over there our tackle is there so now you got the guard and the tackle the tackle 
comes up on that linebacker that should be there in that B gap. If you don't have a monster linebacker that can sort of two gap that tackle while I go in now hit the quarterback and then be able to fall back late on the tackle, he just needs to be able to put his hands, shut that tackle, and then get off. And so for me to now come in and help. And some teams don't have that. DeMarcus, last one here for you. Just pick that matchup. Who do you like in the Super Bowl? Um, I mean, both teams are great. Both quarterbacks are hurt. Both defenses are playing well. Um, I'm an NFC East guy, but I got tired of hearing fly, either fly. Uh, it was hard <laughs> Same. for me to a lot. So I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs, and, you know, hopefully they pull that thing out. Hey, we're all pulling for that outcome, I think, in Washington, D.C., for sure. Although you got to get Micah Parsons yeah. straightened out, the, the stud pass rusher now in Dallas. He's talking about pulling for the Eagles because they're from the NFC East. No, I, no, no. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Maybe he got some friends on there, guys in D.C., you know, our father doesn't want to see. But I, when, when you're in my conference, I'm not going to root for you. Like, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I got to see you twice. I can't root for you in the Super Bowl, too. Yeah, same here. Marcus, this is great, man. Really appreciate the time, man, and uh, enjoy the football game. All right. All right. Thank you guys so much. Take care. DeMarcus Ware, thanks to our friends at Bet Online. Check out Bet Online for the most diverse list of well over a thousand Super Bowl props, including length of the anthem, first song by Rihanna, commercial odds, broadcast odds, game and player stats, and much, much more. Have you seen what I just referenced with Micah Parsons and what, what he was doing? I hadn't, no, but. So. He shouted out Lane Johnson, the tackle for the Eagles, was just being complimentary and giving him an attaboy. He says, I don't think people realize what Lane Johnson's doing right now. Freaking heroic. One of my favorite players in the league. Now, Lane Johnson is a tackle for the Eagles who goes toe-to-toe with Micah Parsons, who's an edge rusher. Lane Johnson's playing hurt. He hasn't been practicing. He's not 100% healthy, but he's going out there and he's mauling people. Yeah. And I think Micah Parsons, who recently played him, is basically saying, I'm impressed by this Hey, guy. this is really impressive. He's a beast, right? He, he tore his growing in the game versus the Cowboys, that big week 14 game in Dallas. And, yeah. and, he, and he hadn't played until the playoffs. Correct, yes. And then he came back, and he's just been playing with his groin in shambles, I guess. Right? So Micah Parsons just shouts him out on Twitter. Lane Johnson responds with, like, a handshake emoji. Yeah. Okay? And Micah Parsons then responds to him again. He loves him some Lane Johnson. Mm. Like, Lane Johnson was just kind of like, oh, thanks, man. Thank you, dude. And then Micah Parsons, Bye. fanboying out, goes, love you, big bro. Keep going, exclamation point. Not many like you, exclamation point. Definitely not playing like you healthy or with a torn groin. I think he meant not healthy. Unhealthy, right, right, sure. Definitely not playing like you healthy or with a torn groin. Go win a bowl for our division. Yeah, that's where, that's where he'd lose me. <laughs> I mean, that's the, the it's the last line you, right you just there. Think about back in the day when teams like Dallas and Philly or Washington and Philly or Washington and, and Dallas would be going head to head in this great division and the hatred and not helping each other up. And I'm not a guy who's screaming because you're, you're high fiving and, and hugging and, and signing jerseys for each other after the game. I'm not one of those guys, but this is a little bit much to me to go. Go win a bowl for our division. It's cool to to root for a player that you like. Our division, we're all in this together. Let's lock arms. Philly, Dallas, Washington, New York. Together, we're competing on behalf of the NFC East. Mm -mm -mm. The helmets we wear, 
yeah, I'm an Eagle, but really, I'm just an NFC Eastern player. You I'm see? an NFC's player first. Oh, that's just not the way it should be at all. Like, Go imagine a bowl for our division. This would never happen, of course. You imagine if like Joe Jacoby had a Twitter account in his playing day. You know, like, good luck out there, fellow division mate. Hope you win the chip. Randy White, yeah. yeah, good luck out there. You really get it done for us. Oh, my God, no. One of the hogs telling a pass rusher, <laughs> I want you to get sacks when you're not playing against us. Good luck on Super Sunday, pal. No. Hard pass. So everyone killed Micah Parsons, as you'd imagine. Yeah. And Twitter is a terrible place, so even it's a cesspool. Even of equity. reasonable yeah, people terrible. are going to find this ridiculous. So, what are the crazy people who are yelling at him normally going to say? But there was a story I, he retweeted then from Barstool Sports, and I didn't read it, but it says Micah Parsons telling Lane Johnson to go win a bowl for our division is the lowest, saddest moment in Cowboys history, <laughs> which is kind of Just funny. Hilarious. I mean, it is funny. It's perfect. Yeah. Mike, Not Mike, hyperbolic at all. Mike, <laughs> I just can't get through this. That's the headline. Micah Parsons telling Lane Johnson to go win a bowl for our division is the lowest, saddest moment in Cowboys history. Because if you really think about it as if he's saying, like, we'll never get to win one, but but since you guys are there, win one for the, for all of us. Do, think about us know? down here in Dallas. <laughs> we'll never be there, but, but you guys are good, you see? Jalen Hurts is a real good one, you know? Win one for the whole division. Paul Washington over there is just starved for another title. They'll get one through you, you see. So, so it's just, it's really In a bad. way, if you think about it, we're all playing on Super Sunday. So then Micah Parsons responds, you people are sick. You will sit in your own misery yes. because of lack of accomplishments. Yes. Then root for others. Yes. I have no shame. The league is a brotherhood. I'm, I'm, uh, Kind of going with high energy because there's exclamation points. So many exclamation points. Every sentence. There's no periods. The league is a brotherhood. I'll never prey down on another man's success, nor be ashamed to say I'm happy for my brother's success. Exclamation point. I don't think anybody is telling you. you, I don't know what prey down on another man is. Just being like wish wish ill upon you. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone's asking you to be ashamed of someone's success. The idea of rooting for the arch rival to win the Super Bowl so that your division wins one, it's just not a thing that's real in sports. Well, but even but even beyond that, just to, to turn it semi-serious for a second here, a text message among compatriots is one thing, right? Be like, dude, hey, huge amount of respect to you. Playing with a torn groin, that's, that is yeah, no yeah, joke. That's true. Michael Parsons asks a buddy, gets Lane Johnson's number, or even just a tweet, quick tweet, where he's like, dude, what you're doing? With a, with a banged up groin? Is ridiculous. Amazing, man. Good luck to you. Please consider your audience. Is all I ask. Please consider that the fans who, you know, I know they're not important to you. I know you're better than all of them. The ones that fill your coffers, the ones that make you a millionaire, the ones that show up to games and buy the jerseys and tell their kids, try to be like number 11 out there, it still matters to them some. You see what I'm saying? Like, the, the rivalry should matter to them. We need that illusion. I get the times are different. We all understand that these guys are all went to college together and know each other from growing and up on the circuit or whatever. fans are no longer filling the coffers. I mean, TV deals are filling the coffers. Well, they're not broadcasting to, to empty homes. The reason know, but, they but can, there wasn't a single Cowboys fan, in other words, that, like, that cared about that, 
he'd still make millions of dollars is all I'm saying. It's not like well, I, it used to I, be where he needed that gate. Well, you know? I, I disagree with that. I mean, the, the fans in America are watching them on television. That's it's, true. The, the point is, we, the fans, still hold a little bit of this. Like, the, the Giants-Eagles game matters to some people. The Cowboys-Washington game matters to less than it did before, but it's still, it's still fairly important to us. Doing it like that, publicly, and then disbelief? How dare anybody be upset at that? How dare... What? I'm so surprised. Please don't be surprised at all. Please see you that coming. people are sick. Please see that coming immediately. If you, again, if you want to wish someone well and say, what you guys don't realize, that dude's playing with a torn groin, and that's ridiculous. Incredible. Very reasonable tweet, by the way. You still might get some unreasonable horses' asses trapped. on Twitter. No, I who think yell that at you. the original yeah. comment where he basically said, y'all don't even get what's happening right now. I just want you to know, as someone who gets what goes into this and how it feels on your body and how good he is, because I got to go toe-to-toe with him. Yep. You don't properly respect what we're seeing from Lane Johnson. Great. Then, mm. hey, big bro, let's go to the Super Bowl together. I'll be there wearing your jersey. Do you have any extra tickets in the family section? Yeah, win one for Danny Dimes. <laughs> no. We're all in this together. Hashtag NFC Beast. No. Hashtag, hashtag Cowboys, Eagles, forever. Eh. Just no to that is kind of my like my big summary. Like Again, if, if you'd like me as a consultant, anybody out there, this is so easily avoidable. Like now, like you're acting all offended and basically you're a bad person. I would never wish ill on anybody. Okay, so now now I'm now I'm an awful dude if I want the Eagles to go 0-17. You know what I mean? Like what what am I investing in? What am I buying into? What am I watching? If if it doesn't matter to you at all, right? If it's like, well, if we don't win, that's no big deal because the Eagles will win for us. What? What? What 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 have I been doing this whole time? If I see, I, listen. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, do I? I get, I get the benefit of that because it's part of the NFC's brotherhood. Pound sand, sir. With that, I'm just looking for this Russell Wilson tweet wishing good luck to Mahomes. <laughs> That's right. On behalf of the AFC West, Derek Carr's like, I may have walked out on the team, but Pat Mahomes would never walk out in this division. Bring, Go AFC West. <laughs> bring another one home for us. Hashtag Western. He's Danny. I'm Grant. You're listening to The Fan. It has been 19 days since Washington said it would move forward with Sam Howell at quarterback. Do you think that that is their hard and fast plan? Do you think that they wrote that in Sharpie, that it's Sam Howell as the starter next year? Or do you think they're going to actually hit the market trying to upgrade with a veteran and they'll try to do better than Howell? We'll get into that next on G&D. Bring Curtis Samuel in the backfield now. Going to run a little option. How Foot in the ground. Nice cut. How is in. Touchdown, Washington. 19 days ago, it was a weekend just after the end of the season. Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports came out initially with the report stating that the commanders were telling offensive coordinators that they were reaching out to that they planned on rolling with Sam Howe. In 2023. And subsequently, me and a lot of other people reached out to people with the team, and a bunch of us very quickly were able to confirm that, yeah, their plan as of 19 days ago, and presumably still now, was they wanted Sam Howell to be their starter next season. That maybe they had learned from the Carson Wentz deal. Maybe they had been burned by that and didn't want to put their hands near the kettle again. They were going to give Howell a full shot at this thing. I can't help but notice, though, Danny, that every time... A big-name quarterbacks 
availability comes up, yeah. Washington comes up too. As as a potential landing spot. Not as a report, but as a, hey, this would make sense. Commanders and Derek Carr. Uh-huh. Commanders and Tom Brady. Commanders and Aaron Rodgers. And it's as if 19 days ago, the team and the higher-ups with the team didn't get word out that they wanted to go with Sam Howe. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is, and if you guys want to weigh in on this on the MGM National Harbor listener lines, we'll hit the phones in just a moment, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. You could do that. Do you think they actually have that plan and want to stick to the script on Sam Howe being their guy next year, or did they just put that out for some reason, and what they're actually going to do has nothing to do with that? Like, that's what they said, but their actions are going to be dictated on who's available and when they become available and what it would cost. Because I think those are two very different things. You right. can say, yeah, we, we hope Sam Howell's our starter, but are you going to try to trade for Aaron Rodgers? Are you going to try to sign Jimmy Garoppolo? Are you going to try to trade for a veteran that might become available, Derek Carr or somebody else? I just wonder 19 days later how people are feeling. So I feel like this is a an appropriate reaction, okay, in other words, last year, I'm hoping that if anybody had any sense, they're all so embarrassed by how last year went. And here's what I mean. Remember the saga, guys. Remember how this whole thing began. Ron Rivera, as soon as the whole season ends and Taylor Heineke does whatever Taylor Heineke does, lets the world know, we're trying to upgrade throughout the offseason. We're calling every team. I talked to Joe Gibbs, and he said, find me a tall quarterback. We called every team and inquired about every QB. They unearthed every stone. They looked everywhere they could go, and they landed on Carson Wentz, who everyone knew that it wouldn't work. Everyone except for them because they looked at two pieces of paper in a, in the, in a suite in Indianapolis. Last year should embarrass everybody involved, right? That process was awful. They paid a guy who was going to get cut, probably. This is an appropriate reaction to that, where you go, we like this guy. We're going in. If something comes up, Name that quarterback, whatever you, whoever you think, right? If Rodgers or, or you know, uh, some other star becomes available at a price, they'll pounce. They're not locked in or committed to anything because th- that wasn't part of the plan. This sounds a lot better to sell. We got something exciting. We got something young. We got something we can get behind. We got someone that we can all grow with. We're going to build around this young man. That's intriguing because he hasn't had a big sample yet. The we're going to, we're not going to stop till we get a great one. And then you end up with Carson Wentz should embarrass everybody. So this is a good reaction to that. I wonder if people think that their plan A is how or they're comfortable with how if whatever they'd prefer. I think it's that true. Because those are two very different things. They put the word out 19 days ago, Sam Howell is plan A. I kind of bought that in that moment. I wonder right now if that's true. Like, it's all well and good to say you're comfortable Mm -hmm. going to prom with somebody if that's how it works out. But do you have someone in the back of your mind that you think would be really, really fun to go to prom with? Let's go to Bob, who's in Arlington. You can call us at 800-636-1067 on Grant and Danny. What's up, Bob? Hi there. Yes, I think Danny's exactly right. I think that um, there is you got to give the kid a shot. But if something else, you know, you better have a strong plan B and be ready to pivot. So I think if something better comes along, they're going to jump on it. But I think as a fan, just knowing – we have a young, unproven quarterback as opposed to the past. Is is there's an element of excitement there? This is my guy, by the way, Danny Bob McDonald, who sings the anthem over at uh, Oh no at way Caps games. Yeah, Bob, what's up, man? Appreciate you calling in. Yes, you and uh, course, you and Caleb and company, show. my guys over there singing the yeah. anthem. Look at the applause. 
You got a little break, well, though. No, no caps coming up for 11 or 12 days. Nice, a nice, well, well-earned, well-earned break. There yeah. you go. I saw you. You guys have an event, don't you, Bob? By the way, I saw something on your Facebook. We, we do. Yes, we we have a very cool concert out at the barns at Wolf Trap um, this Sunday night at 7:30. Um, somebody who works at Wolf Trap uh, is a huge DC sports fan, and she thought it would be cool to do a concert based in sort of celebrating DC sports through music. And I was at first, I wasn't really sure what that would look like, but <laughs> I realized, I, I realized that for, for Caleb and myself and, and DC Washington, you know, the fans were lucky to have fans that, that love what we do and they only get to hear us pretty much sing the Star Spangled Banner and maybe God bless America. So um, it's kind of a chance for, for fans to, to hear some other stuff that we that we like to do and, and celebrate DC sports. Should be a lot of fun. That's cool. That's cool, really man. I hope you guys get a good turnout and some sports fans go out. I, I would be so bad, Danny. I, I can't sing anyway. But am I wrong about this, Bob? Because you, when I think of the anthem in town, you and Caleb are the, the first guys that come to mind, obviously, and DC Washington's amazing. Do, you hear yourself belting back at you in these stadiums, or are you – Wearing something you so know, you don't. No, it's interesting. Um, so the the indoor stadiums tend to you don't really it, you don't really have an echo. I mean, I really feel like I'm at home, of course, at the arena because I've been I've been singing there when it was the MCI Center, um, and then before that at the Capitol Center. Um, but when you go like when at FedEx Field, um, there sometimes can be a three four second delay, and that can be super tricky. So. Um, yeah, that, it's 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 fascinating the, the the differences in the varying um, arenas and stadiums. But yes, inside is 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 more like singing in the shower in a good way, and uh, <laughs> and outside outside is is can can be a little dicey. Bob, well, can I ask? I, I have a question. Yeah, do you mind, Bob? You're so good at no, singing, please. right? Like you know that everyone gets that. Is it annoying when that people will like like ask you to sing stuff? Do you know what I mean? Like, everyone recognizes you're so awesome at it. Like, it'd be like someone walking up to Jim Carrey and be like, hey, do Bass Ventura. Like, do you get annoyed if people are like, Bob, could you just sing this? I mean, sometimes, you know, it's kind of like we're professionals. And yeah. so, yes, it's sort of like, hey, doc, can you do the doctor thing for me? Right. Lawyer it so, up. Um, yeah, right. So, um, I mean, you know, of course, I'm happy to um, sing happy birthday or, or sing, sing things for people to cheer them up and um, but yes, it can be a little bit sort of, you know, people sometimes forget that we do this for a living for a job. and, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's not, yeah, it's not just, you know, not just fun. Yeah, although it is, fun. you can hear my pen. I was crossing off, ask Bob to sing national and anthem on Grant and Dan. Not coming to birthday party. That's right. Hey, well, thanks for calling in. I, I know you, uh, talking ball. That's great. But uh, hopefully the event goes well this weekend as well. I'll have to tell my wife, maybe we'll, we'll get out there. I really appreciate the mention and love your show. Thanks, appreciate Bob. Appreciate you, buddy. There's Bob McDonald, one of the uh, anthem voices of Washington, D.C. So appreciate him hopping how, on G&D. How terrified would you be? I just wouldn't do it. I mean, I would say no. I don't say no to a lot of things, as right. you know. Someone says, would you sing the anthem for us? I would say Like, we think it would not. be great. We're doing an every man sings situation. We're right. taking all the D.C. dignitaries. We're going to have a list of, there's there's 41 home games. You're We, we know you and the Capitals are intertwined. And you're not a singer? No, you're not a singer. The whole point is we're going to have it. We'll do like, like you know, they do in Chicago where the yeah. whole crowd sings it along. I just wouldn't do you're it. You're going to lead a sing along of the anthem. Yep. Nope. Get, nope. I'm not doing that. I'm not a fan of putting myself 
out there to be embarrassed yep. and or to look bad. Oh, yeah. Social media era videos going viral. It's not like you're just there and 16,000 people get to see it. That lives forever. Not me. What would be better, John Wall's first pitch or Grant's national John anthem? Wall's first pitch. Okay. Because it did leave his hand. It did. Just barely. <laughs> but it did leave his hand. That was I a nasty cutter. Word. I mean, I know the words, but it's singing it. And I, I, I know the words so well. Them. I'd have to hold the piece of paper with exactly. the words. The whole thing would be Terrifying. Let's go to Ron, who's in Richmond on G&D. Ron, we're talking Sam Howell. It's been 19 days since the commanders made it sound like he was the guy. Do you think that's the case? Or do you think they were just kind of setting up in case he's the guy that they believe in him? Well, guys, be afraid. Very, very afraid. I, I don't know what Mo Curley and Larry are going to do. I'm sorry, it's Martin, Martin, and, and hmm. River. I mean, whatever his name is, Rivera. Uh, but we don't need those guys mortgaging our future. They're not going to be here very long. I don't want them to do anyone. I want them to stand pat, let this, give this kid an opportunity to see what we have. What they should be doing is investing in the offensive line because I don't care if they bring back Sonny Jurgensen. It's not going to work if he can't stay upright. So I, I, I'm hoping that they give this kid a chance. We've done everything else wrong, so let's try, you know, let's try something different. I mean, that's the, that's the epitome of you know, being stupid. You keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. Ron, you're preaching to the D.C. anthem singers, <laughs> the, the choir <laughs> of those three guys that are going to be performing this weekend at Wolf Trap. Yes, I'm with you. I, I have signed off on this. I am team, let's do it this way this time. A lot of that has to do with the fact that I don't want a contract for a quarterback or a young pick, first round or otherwise, that's going to exceed the timeline on what I believe could be the final year for a lot of the decision makers here. Uh-huh. But add that to the pile of reasons why going forward and seeing what Hal has this season, if you're bad, that's okay too. That's perfectly fine. I'm signing up for this. I I, I would much rather do that than give Jimmy Garoppolo $30 million. Here, here. I would much rather do that than make another Carson Wentz trade. Or even as much as I, and we disagree on Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr, pretty good quarterback, top 12 type guy in the league over the last seven, eight years. Huge upgrade over anyone they've had post-Cousins. I would rather do Sam Howell this year than a contract with Carr that goes four or five years where he's making almost $35, 38000000 Then the next regime inherits him. Yeah, no way. Double play on Grant and Danny next. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. Top of the hour at four. We've got concert tickets for you to go see Nickelback. You got to be listening in 20 minutes. It is time for our double play. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. Quick lay of the land ahead today on GND at 425 after the Beltway Blitz. Your boy played nice yesterday. I was a <laughs> saint yesterday. I sat here, and I just talked about how wonderful Tom Brady was, and he was wonderful. But I sat here. I, I didn't say a word, didn't take any shots, didn't talk about the horseshoe. I just complimented him on his wonderful career and how he is the most accomplished player in the history of the NFL. All true. Today, I would like to try to have an adult conversation about how, while he is also great, he is the luckiest athlete in the history of the world. And I have... Oh, man. Done some due diligence. I have gone through game logs and Super Bowl play-by-play charts, and I've got all kinds of moving uh, pictures. Yeah. I've, I've got, I'm going to prepare a big uh, a PowerPoint presentation. PowerPoint. We can all get together and watch it downstairs, or you can just listen to the radio, whichever you prefer. 
Looking forward to that, though. Yes, he's great. Period. But he's also really lucky. You got PowerPoint on your Microsoft Office in your home under that bridge, you troll? I gave him yesterday. Yeah. He had his day. Oh, man, I can't wait. It's my day today. (laughs) 425 on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Let's get to our double play, though. What do you got? Grant, Arlisha Boykins is a terrific young basketball player. Down in uh, Churchland uh, High School in Portsmouth, Virginia, she was dominating the game. This young lady can play. Now, this is this is the JV level there in, in Portsmouth. I saw the clip. She was just throwing shots left and right. Getting buckets. This young lady can absolutely play. January 21st, um, uh, I believe the game for Portsmouth was against Suffolk or maybe Nanseman River. I'm not really sure who the opponent was. It doesn't really matter. Um, Alicia Boykins, the only problem is she is 22 years old. She's an assistant coach. That for some reason said, you know what I should probably do, is stop coaching, put a jersey on, and help the team. We've all had that urge, right? As we're working with youngsters. I know I've coached a few uh, teams here and there. Some some seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, etc. I even coached JV basketball years ago. It never occurred to me, drop the shirt and tie, put a jersey on, barely covering my fat torso and pudgy arms, and see if we can go get a couple buckets to help the local side win. The assistant coach, 22 years old, was basically playing with 13, 14, and 15-year-olds. And understandably, she did pretty well. It was all discovered. Her, the head varsity coach, and among others, uh, all lost their gigs as a direct result of that. Pretty pretty big no-no there to be a 22-year-old playing, uh, no eligibility left, suiting up and playing with the kids. What was she thinking? I, I can't imagine. How can you possibly think, first off, that that's a good idea? But secondly, that you won't get caught or fired. That's one of the things that always amazes me when someone does something like this is, number one, this seems like a dumb idea. But number two, you think no one will notice that you're the coach who's been around for much of the season and now you're just playing in the game? So it actually gets even worse. The best player, apparently, was out of town on like a travel tournament. So this uh, young lady wore that jersey and pretended to be that player. For the game. <laughs> I just don't know what this person was thinking. I don't know. That, that, that she just wouldn't get caught. And by the way, she wasn't just blending in and getting her buckets here and there. Right. I mean, the video I saw, she's throwing shots. Dominating like, this game. Barking in people's ear. She's going coast to coast and like laying the ball off the glass. Almost dunking. You know, she's like clearly not only better than everyone else, but letting everyone know that she's better than everyone yeah. else. It was like when we played, we used to have these uh, at practice occasionally for youth soccer, we would do like parents versus kids, you know? Mm-hmm. And there was always one guy, I'm not going to out him on the radio, but there was always one dad who would come out there and he would try to let everyone know, I still got it. And he's like running kids over. I remember parents, my dad was like screaming like, take a chill pill, guy. Like, what are you doing? You're, you're knocking kids over. What, why are you being like this? Stop doing that immediately. Th- that's what this person was doing though. She was dominating, legit trying to like, was she getting taped to send to a school or something? Like, what was the point of this exercise? So I actually watched like the full news story on this. I was so fascinated by it. Instead of like we've all seen like the twenty second clip where she goes around four players, lays in, uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a, a good NBA comp like Demar Derozan style, you know, like extended finger roll, hits a step back, swats a shot, like Dikembe Mutombo in his prime, right? I watched like the full like news story about it where they had more and more footage. 
we're not doing it justice. These poor girls are looking around like, who, who is this? Like, how is this possibly happening at the JV level? If this was varsity, she would have been beyond dominant among like juniors and seniors in high school with like college aspirations. She was destroying these poor kids, destroying them. What are we doing? What are we doing? You're asking the right question. Darius, for my double play, I would like you to fire up. Ryan explains it all, please. I would like to engage Ryan on my double play. Don't have a lot of time because we got tickets to give away at four at the top of the hour. Ryan, I'm just curious, and I, I have to plead ignorance here. I just don't know a lot about it. What exactly is Groundhog Day all about? What are the origins? Take me through the history of Groundhog Day, how we got here, why we do this, how they chose a groundhog, why the groundhog as the animal of choice, and what happens if it sees or doesn't see its shadow. Just give me the specifics, please. Well, I'll tell you the importance of Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is a day where we have a ground dog. Ground dog. A ground hog. Ground dog. A ground dog. Ground dog sounds better than groundhog. A groundhog comes up out of the ground, and if he notices that shadow, which this year he did, then that means there are six more weeks of winter. If he does not see that shadow, that means spring will start on time. Is this a wild groundhog? Uh, no, it is. It's one each year, but I do believe this year is a new groundhog. I don't know what happened to the one last year, so he, I, but they put him in the ground. Well, they ground him up. Ground well, dog. I mean, they put him in his little burrow, maybe his little Joe burrow, and he's there with a bunch of pillows and stuff. I'm sure it's not like actually underground. Okay, but that's where groundhogs live. You know, that's yeah. why that's why it's called groundhog. The ground dog in the ground. Mm-hmm. So if he sees a shadow, then we get six more weeks of winter. And, it's and not how good. long have we been doing this? Uh, we've been doing this since, I believe, 1853. 1853? 1853. Yeah. It's been going on for a little while now. I do not know the origin of it, but if I were to guess, it's probably just some old folk tale old that folk people tale. just believed in. You know, you just never really know. So that is my origin story of Groundhog's Day. And who starred in the movie Groundhog's Day? Didn't even know that was a movie. Okay. So you've, never, you've never seen the classic film? Did not. I'm sure it's a classic. It's Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm sure, was yep. in that. That's right. Nailed yep. it. Leo killed it. That's the casting Leo right was there. very funny <laughs> in that movie. Pretty good. There it is. The history bad. of Groundhog's Day from Ryan Clary. Beltway Blitz is next, and we got those tickets to Nickelback on Grant and Danny. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.